Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our series on the wind. We have a guest speaker, Pastor Jeremy Aaron, Associate Pastor of Community of Hope Church, Mumbai, shared today's message. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Gershom, Christine, and the Zion family for having me. It's such an honor and uh, a really humbling experience to share God's word with you uh, this morning. And I'm excited uh, uh, about this new series that you all have started, The Wind. Uh, Christine, I enjoyed your sermon. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming to Chennai and having that mango ice cream that you were talking about. Uh, but most importantly, uh, I'm just glad that I could be with you. Uh, Gershom and Christine, you have a, such a special place in our hearts here in Mumbai. I bring you greetings uh, from the uh, community of hope here in Mumbai from Pastor Willie and uh, the church here. And uh, we are excited to be part of God's bigger family and um, so let's dive in uh, into what God has for us. But before that, let's just uh, look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that your word has power. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be the voice, that you would be the wind in our ears this morning, that you would whisper, that you would shout, that you would declare your word uh, even more powerfully than you've ever done before, God. And we pray, God, that your words would become our words, that your thoughts would become our thoughts so that your ways would become our ways, God. And we pray, God, even as we dig into your word, that you would speak to us with clarity and with power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, it's been exciting these past two weeks, uh, especially here in Mumbai. I think we as a nation uh, are very unique in what we are experiencing. Uh, this past season has been crazy with the virus, but we as a nation have experienced a huge humanitarian crisis and it's crazy. Uh, we've seen so much uh, during these two weeks. And I just want to share a couple of stories. Gershom just asked me to share what God has been doing. Uh, these past two weeks, we've been, God challenged me uh, and a couple of others uh, uh, at church. And uh, we knew that there was this huge migrant crisis in our city, especially in a city that has 27 million people. Uh, a large chunk of that, those people are uh, migrant workers. And uh, we saw this huge wave of migrant workers just rushing to get home. Some people even paid 25000 to be pushed and stuffed into a lorry so that they could get to Central MP. And we knew that we had to respond. We knew that we had to uh, see and ask ourselves, where would Jesus be? And I asked myself, where would Jesus be uh, today? And I'm reminded of that passage in John uh, that says, if you love your life, you will lose it. And um, we challenged ourselves. We said, we need to get out there. So we started with one car and I think two people. Uh, we got uh, 500 packets of food and we started distributing it 
I'm, I was very reluctant to share, but we knew, uh, share on social media what we were doing, but we knew that if we need to create impact, we needed more people. God, by his grace and mercy, uh, we were able to, uh, grow, uh, our team, uh, from, uh, one car and three people to about seven cars and over 25 people. We even had a bus one day come alongside us and distribute thousands and thousands, I think tens of thousands of packets of food and water. You know, we were able to give, we were able to distribute. Uh, I remember there was one time uh, recently uh, in the uh, beginning or end of this week, um, uh, at the beginning of last week, I remember, uh, you know, all the migrant trains had left. They said, there's nobody here. Uh, they're going to shut down all the trains. And that day actually, the next day actually it started raining and I was sitting and uh, sitting at home thinking, Hey, listen, I think we've done already a lot. So let's just like take a break and just relax. And I just had a prompting in my spirit that we need to go out and we need to kind of look for people if there were still people. And, uh, we went, we got, uh, crates of water because that was one of the things that people needed the most. And we took eight crates of water. We distributed it in like 20 minutes under uh, the train uh, station flyover uh, in Mumbai. And uh, we were about to turn around. And when we were turning around, one of my friends, Gavin, he he saw this lady uh, walking with this backpack and she was crying. And we went up to her and says, what happened? She said, I've been roaming around three days looking for a train. I don't have a ticket. Uh, I don't have enough money to get back home. Can you help me? So we put her in our car. We drove around the city looking for a train uh, that could go to Calcutta. Uh, and we took her about an hour away from where we were. Finally found some information, gave us some money. And we didn't know because all these trains had stopped. We didn't know how she was going to get there. But we just prayed and asked God, God, make a way where there seems to be no way. You know, and um, God in his love and mercy and grace, uh, just, uh, provided a ticket from her. We got a phone call that night saying she got a ticket in, in, uh, when she was in the train, she called us. When she reached home after two days, she called us and she thanked us. And I just want to say, like, let the Holy Spirit lead you. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, the impact that you create will be so powerful that God will change not only your life, but He'll transform the destinies of the people that you interacted with and the influence that you have. And uh, so I'm excited uh, to share on this series, The Wind. And uh, I'm going to share from my favorite passage. I love this passage for many reasons. And this is the passage from, uh, from Acts chapter 2. And we're going to uh, dive into different parts of this chapter. And um, I love this chapter uh, because of uh, what the church became and the impact that it created after the Holy Spirit fell. We know God sent his son, but he also sent his spirit. And so even as we uh, read from it, even as we draw from it, I hope that you are encouraged. I hope my prayers that you will be challenged and you will be transformed at the end of this message as God takes us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And uh, I didn't, uh, I've never kind of stumbled upon uh, this word before. And uh, it's strange that you are talking uh, about uh, the wind and the Holy Spirit. 
and it's uh, there's a beautiful word that is attached uh, to the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to dive in. So I've titled my message "The Violent Wind," the violent wind, and why I've titled it is because that word is "violent" is referred to the, to the Holy Spirit in this passage, and so from uh, Acts chapter two, verse uh, one onwards. And I'm going to just dive in different parts of this passage. And it says here, on the day of Pentecost, they came all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house they were sitting in. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Going on to verse 5, 6, uh, and it says here, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together. When they heard a sound, the crowd came together. And um, I just want to uh, kind of expound on uh, just a couple of things here. You know, when God comes, sometimes he disrupts you. Uh, the violent wind disrupted their service. <laughs> it disrupted their gathering. I mean, there was, there was a, a shake, there was a sound and this wind and there was a shaking and, and it was, it was like something that they have never experienced before. And when we experience and when we allow the spirit to come, and when we are open to experience something we've never experienced before, uh, God is going to come and change and transform. When we look at the life of Moses, we look at the life of uh, different people in the Bible, God just came violently and shook their world. And uh, even though they felt uh, they were not good enough, they were not worthy enough, they were not holy enough, God shook them. And he used them and he changed them and he transformed them. And this violent wind, it came from heaven, you know. And sometimes we uh, we can take the word violent and, and kind of uh, uh, add the negative connotation to it. But this violent wind really was something that was heaven sent. And it said it filled the house that they were. And this, this wind that we need to allow God to come and we need to allow uh, the Holy Spirit to send this violent wind into our lives to shake us from our very foundations. You know, it was not comfortable for us to go out there. I had a lot of people tell us, man, do not go out there. You're endangering your family. I, uh, I'm so proud to have a big family. We are eight of us. Uh, we have three of our own and, and other three we call our very, very own kids that we uh, foster here. And, and they were saying, you're going to endanger people. And, uh, you know, you're going to get this virus and then you're going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to affect your family. It might, uh, it's so contagious. What are you doing? Especially in Mumbai. And I remember, uh, at this point in this train station where the police themselves were like, Please stay away from these people. These people are coming from one of the most highly infected areas in Dharavi. And I said, guys, you know what? 
we can't throw food at them. We need to go and give it. And that's what God would have done. That's what Jesus would have done. And we went there, even though these, we didn't know whether these people were carrying the virus or not. We gave it to them in their hands. We gave them water. We gave them food. I saw people from that area grab the food and just open it and start eating because for days, some of them did not have the food. And I just want to challenge you that when God disrupts you, and when you allow him to shake you and when you allow him to push you over the edge, you will become a blessing and you'll become a joy and you'll be able to do so much more than you've ever done before because you just allow God to send his violent wind into your life and transform and change you. I remember uh, just I'm reminded of the pa- uh, passage in the Old Testament where Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were pushed into the fire. And they said something so powerful that even though the fire consumes us, we will still worship him. And I was telling people, I was saying, even though we get the coronavirus, you know what? We choose to go. We choose to make a difference. We choose to love above sickness, above disease, above fear. We choose to love people because where uh, faith, hope and love is the greatest thing is love. And so we put our fears aside. We put uh, our hopes in Jesus and we just went on loving people. So I'm not going to promise you that uh, God is going to take the fire away, but I will promise you that he will keep you in the fire. He will keep you in the fire. And whatever uh, comes out of this uh, pandemic, whatever comes out of this situation, know that God is in the fire with you. He's in with you. He's all in with you. And so it's crazy. It goes on to say uh, in verse six, when they heard the sound, a crowd came together. You know, wind, violent wind brings sound. It brings a sound. And there's a new sound, I believe, prophetically. I want to say this. There is a new sound that God wants to release into your life into your church, into your family. Because when he releases a new sound by the wind of his glory, by the wind of his power, and something beautiful happens, something powerful happens. And it says here, a crowd came together. You know, if we allow God to disrupt our service, people will hear and they will come. If we allow God to disrupt our service, Pentecost, they were having a great service. You know, they were having a great time in the presence of God and the wind just came. It disrupted. They saw fire. They saw things happen. But more than anything, people came together. People saw what was happening and they came. Let me tell you, you don't need to advertise about who you are. You don't need to uh, put yourself out there on social media. And, and, and Jesus didn't do that. He didn't send his disciples ahead of him and say, just tell everybody I'm coming. When he entered the city, people came. And when you allow the wind of God's of God's glory and the wind of his disruption to come in and, and change and shake you, people will automatically be drawn to you. They will automatically be drawn to your home, to your family, because they know that is where the power is. That is where the glory of God is. Amen. Uh, I just uh, want to go in now to the meat uh, of of what uh, I believe God has for you as a community, as a church. And uh, I want to talk about the fruit of the violent wind, the fruit of the violent wind. There is fruit that God wants to give us. And I want to uh, just draw attention now to 
the latter half of this passage from verse 42. And because of what happened, because they allowed God, because they were open, because they were willing to allow God to, to challenge them, they were willing to allow God to disrupt them. This is what God uh, and the people of God instructed them. And this is what happened. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property uh, and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. I just want to challenge you with uh, four things this morning uh, uh, from uh, this last passage. And I believe that if we are devoted, if we are open, if we are humble, if we allow God to just come and break us, God is going to bring a multiplication. God is going to bring a transformation. God is going to create impact that we've never heard or ever seen before because we are open to the wind of the Holy Spirit because we are open the violent wind of his love and of his mercy. Amen. So the first thing I want to say is devote yourself to God's word. Amen. There is so much power in God's word. When we read God's word, things shift in our hearts. And it says, how can a young man keep his way pure by reading his word? And, and I think the way the Holy Spirit speaks the most is when we are consistent and reading God's word, consistently devoted to reading God's word. And I think a lot of times we are, we are in a place of confusion and frustration because we are not consistent in our reading. And when we are consistent in reading God's word, he is consistent in speaking to us. And when he's consistent, consistent in speaking to us, that removes fear. It removes our insecurities. It removes fear of the future. And we can rest because we have heard his word and, and meditated on it. You know, you can just read and you can move on. But if you read and if you are devoted, it says, it says that devote yourself to God's word. That is, it, it doesn't talk about quantity, but it talks about the quality of our time with him. And I believe that, um, you know, maturity, it doesn't come with age. It comes with encounter. And if we are not encountering God's word daily, we are not maturing daily. And it's important. Uh, you know, that we, we are maturing daily. I'm just reminded of this, uh, passage in uh, Matthew 4 19 when God commissions them. He says, uh, uh, when God uh, share, shares his word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and whatever Jesus spoke was the word. And that was the word that they took in. You know, uh, although they had, uh, scriptures of the Old Testament, but he was the very word that dwelt in them. And he says to them, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. And, and, and it's so powerful because when God speaks to you, he changes you. He changes you. He changes you from inside. And so many times, uh, we feel that, uh, when God speaks to us, uh, we want him uh, to change where we are going rather than change us. 
he he didn't say i will take you he said i will make you my disciples and when we allow god's word to make us and shape us wherever we go we are going to create impact wherever god is not interested in where you are he's interested in who you are and who you are can change from reading his word from being devoted to his word and the more we are devoted to his word the more we become like him i i give this example of of uh, you know when we first got married uh, ruth and me and uh, you know i love in at breakfast i love my sunny side up you know eggs and i used to eat the yolk first and then eat the white and i mean that's how i always ate my egg and when she, when we were sitting on the breakfast table one day i saw like you know this was maybe in the first week i saw her taking the yolk and spreading it all over the white part of the egg and i was like who does that like man what are you doing you're spoiling the the egg you know but 10 years now uh guess what i do the same <laughs> i do the same i just i break the yolk and i spread it all over and i eat it and 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 that's the amazing thing about uh being with jesus when you be when you be with jesus when you hang out with him when you read his word you become like him you do the things he does you say the things he says it says you react the way he reacts and that's the powerful thing of being devoted to somebody and you and i are devoted to somebody or something the question is who are we devoted to are we really devoted to jesus if we are devoted to him the only way we know him is by being in his presence and being devoted to his to his word amen uh the next thing i want to talk about is they were devoted to fellowship so the first thing devote yourself to god's word second is i just want to say who is at your table who is at your table we all enjoy meals with our family we all enjoy uh you know having people over but my challenge to you is i always ask myself who's at my table is my table always filled with my family uh my my three kids and me and my wife or is my my table filled with people who don't know jesus and that's the amazing thing of what we do we run a, a fitness center here in mumbai and every sunday uh, evening we invite uh, our friends from from the gym uh, we invite different people uh, the person who comes even to clean my house he sits at our table he eats from a glass plate he eat, drinks this from the same cup i drink my tea and coffee he doesn't have a separate cup or separate mug and that's the reason wherever we've gone in this city he has followed us because the way we treat others reflects our maturity in Jesus the way we love others the, the the way we fellowship with others and it says be devoted to fellowship and we need to be devoted to fellowship and uh how do how how do we uh how do we measure that is how i measured it is by who's at my table and i think i've seen uh more discipleship happen at my table than i have seen it happen from the pulpit i preach on i think the more uh we are willing to open our table to others to to go out with others spend time with others people who do not know jesus people who are struggling people who are broken people who are hungry people who are torn by the violence of the world that they we live in uh we need to share our table we need to share our table and i want to ask you who is at your table because we need to be devoted to fellowship and i think the greatest gift that god has given me is the ability to cook i love to cook i think it's uh, i consider it uh, one of my uh, i consider it the most uh 
the greatest spiritual gift I have. I don't consider uh, just leading worship and and preaching God's word as a gift. I think it's uh, my ability to cook is higher than that because when I cook, I love to cook and I put so much effort into it. And when I serve it, uh, you know, everybody loves to come and taste taste and have a, have a dig at the meal because they know I cook well and and it's exciting to see people gather around the table it's it's exciting to see uh people talk sometimes the only place where people talk is 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 at the table real conversations real conversations happen at the table so i just want to say be devoted to fellowship take time out uh, ask god god this year i want to devote myself to one person who doesn't know you so i can tell them about you i can tell them about you uh thirdly I just want to talk about um, prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And I remember uh, uh, this acronym, acronym from when I was a teenager. It says push, pray until something happens. And I just wanted to, to tell you, do not give up uh, on praying. Uh, be violent in your prayers. Okay. Keep praying until something happens. I remember uh, my grandfather worked very closely with a man called Buck Singh. And uh, Buck Singh would preach I mean, their services would go from nine o'clock to one o'clock. Those were long, painful services that I used to sit in. But, uh, I mean, we saw the church multiply. It was the only church in India at that time that went global. He had churches in America and Australia and he was, uh, you know, one of the most boring preachers. He would talk for two, three hours and somebody asked him like, you, I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? You preach for so long, but yet your church is multiplying, growing. And they used to wear white, loose clothes and he lifts up his pant and he shows him, shows the person the thick skin that is there on his knees. And he says, this is how you do it. You can do it only if you pray consistently, if you pray until something happens. If you have a hunger for God, it will transform your prayer life. If you change the way you pray and the passion that you have in your prayer will determine where you're going, what you're doing. And who you will become. And I think we need, uh, you know, to pray more. And I, and I, and I love this. I read this book from Paul Yonggicho called uh, The Fourth Dimension. And he talks about the more details you give, the more details you give in your prayers to God, the more exciting he gets. And he talks about how important details are. Put in as many details. If you're praying for someone, Put in their names. Have a salvation list. I have a salvation list. I have a number of people who don't know Jesus that I are in my circle of influence and I pray for them. And put details, put names. If you're praying for a house, put what, how many rooms you want. If you're praying for a car, you know, tell God the exact car you want. You know, put details in your prayers. But most importantly, you know, prayer is something uh, that God has given us to expand his kingdom, not our kingdom, not what we want. And I'm, I'm telling you, when you pray people's names out, God opens opportunities for them to encounter Jesus. I have seen when I've prayed for people, automatically, I don't have to tell them. They open up, they share their struggles and they say, Jeremy, what do you think about this? And, and that moment, I know God is giving me an opportunity to share the gospel. And I've seen so many people come to know Jesus because I have prayed for them specifically. I've taken their names down and I've prayed. And we need to pray. We need to pray. And and fourthly, is empty your barns. Okay, empty your barns. It says here uh, that they sold. You know, they they uh, 
they had everything in common. They sold their property. They sold their possessions. They gave everything every, to everyone who has had need. And I'm telling you, when you empty out, God fills in. When you empty out, the thing is we are not willing to empty. We are not willing to sell our things so that others can have daily food. When we started this feeding program, man, we didn't have any money. Like we, I, I think I had like 2,000 rupees in my bank account. And supernaturally, like God just blew our minds by just pouring out uh, his provision for people. And we emptied everything out. We emptied everything out. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we, I was willing to get my car dirty, my car smelling of food uh, while feeding people. I had a bird poop on me. I had someone even come and smash my car from the front because open roads. I was driving really slowly and this guy just zooms in from nowhere and he hits me bang on. And so we've seen like, we had to empty ourselves out, empty our emotions out, uh, you know, be willing for someone to be, uh, to break your car, even though, even though, uh, you know, it hurts you. But at the end of the day, people are getting blessed. At the end of the day, people are being fed. At the end of the day, people are being challenged. I got, I got so many stories of praying for people, sitting with the broken, sitting with them at the train stations, hearing their stories, hearing from where they came, hearing where they are going. Uh, and, and it's sad to hear how much people are going through. And we sit at home and we have so much and God says, empty yourselves. And I've seen that in my personal life. When I keep emptying, I, I think thousands of times I've emptied my wallet, thousands of times I've emptied my bank account and I've seen God's supernatural provision over me. And I just want to uh, just uh, give you this quote from Amy Carmichael. She says, you can give without loving. You can give without loving. And we have many people who sit at home and they just gave us stuff to give to people. <laughs> and uh, we wanted more people with us. And it's and this quote goes on to say, but you can't love without giving. You cannot love without giving. And I want to challenge you. Give as much as you can. There are a lot of people around you that are in such great need and never stop emptying yourself. I want to uh, end with this story. Uh, it, it, it talks about uh, this uh, in, in the 1700s, there was uh, the Belgium government that was uh, actually in charge of the Congo area and uh, they invaded the Congo, the North Africa, and, and um, they did not allow any missionaries to come in. And uh, they didn't did not want anyone preaching God's word. They didn't want anyone to influence uh, their space. And they, there was huge number of uh, these um, African slaves that were that were being misused and mistreated. And uh, there were two German boys, uh, you know, uh, with, from the Moravian movement that uh, decided that they wanted to go. But the only way they could go, they didn't have money. They were 17 year olds, uh, two 17 year old boys that wanted to go. The only way that they, they could go was if they would sell themselves for a lifetime as slaves to the Belgian government and get money so that they could buy their ticket. And, um, uh, such a powerful story of these two boys selling themselves, taking the money that they got and paying for their ship ticket from Germany to Congo. And nobody knows what happened to them after that. But we know that the love of Jesus reached the Congo through these two young Germans who were willing 
to die for the sake of the gospel, willing to sell themselves. And I don't know where we are at at our uh, at our relationship with God, but if we are not ready to give our everything, God won't be able to do everything He wants to do for us and through us. And um, I just want to end with my favorite part of the scripture. And it says here in verse 47, the Lord added to their number daily who are being saved. And God will add to you daily. He will add his blessings. He will add his multiplication. He will add his peace. He will add his joy daily. If you allow the wind of his teaching, the wind of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit to take you into where God wants you to be. So finally, I just want to say, just want to reiterate, devote yourselves to God's word. Who is at your table? Uh, pray until something happens and empty yourself. Empty everything you have for the extension of God's kingdom. Because if you love your life, you will lose it. And if you uh, lose your life, you will gain the world. And I just want to challenge you uh, this morning uh, to reconsider the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to let His violent wind blow through your life and transform you forever. So I just want to uh, pray with you uh, and close at this time. I know there's a lot of things happening in some of your lives. I just I just see that there's uh, right now you're 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 feeling that uh, this violent wind has blown through your home. It has blown through your relationships. It has blown through your finances and it has disrupted your peace. It has disrupted your home. It has disrupted certain relationships. But let me tell you, if you allow God to break you, if you allow him to, to shake you, if you allow him to just come and do what he has to do, you just step back and let, let God do what he has to do. Just live in the peace and the knowledge that his word and his presence is with you. And even as you allow him to come and work in your life, have the confidence that he is going to transform you. Have the confidence in his word. So devote yourself to his word. Get your strength from his word. Pray and seek him like you've never seeked him before. Uh, empty yourself out. One of the ways to know uh, the maturity uh, of your walk is when you are willing to empty yourself, when you're willing to say, God, where's my security today? Is my security my family? Is my, my security my finances? Is my security my job? Whatever is above you, God, I want to lay it down at your feet this morning. And so, God, I just pray right now, God, that we would lay whatever we feel, uh, wherever we feel our security comes from, we want to lay it at your feet. And we want your Holy Spirit to lead. We want your wind to guide us. We want your Holy Spirit to come and just break us, take away everything that is not of you, Jesus, and give us your peace that passes all understanding. And we know that this season, I just prophetically declare over you that this season would not be a season where you survive. This season will be a season where you thrive. I'm not talking about just financially. You will thrive as a family. You will thrive in uh, your job. You will thrive in your finances. Why? Because you rest in the assurance that he that has created me, he that is in me, will complete the work that he has started. So Father, we thank you again and we praise you. 
Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.